You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. I would say halfway home, but we're actually three-fourths of the way home. We're off at 5 o'clock today as the Royals are in the Eastern time zone, taking on one of the best teams in the American League, the Boston Red Sox. I can't really see the future, but I'm going to guess it's not going to work out very well for the Royals, just given what we've seen the first 30 games of the Major League Baseball season. We're not talking Royals right now. We're talking Chiefs. We've got Pete Sweeney, his first time on the show. We've also got a guy, you've heard him on the show. Doesn't really excite me anymore to have you on the show anymore. We've got Joel Thorne from Red Pride. Joel, how you doing, man? Good, <laughs> doing good, doing good. What an introduction! My introductions used to be a lot better than that. Yeah. See that? The off disrespect. season, right now it's the off season. I'll get better at this as we get closer to the season. Right now it's Andrew Joel. You guys know who he is. Yeah, there's there's a week during April where we talk football and then. Take yeah. some time off. Yeah, and then you got vacation time, right, Joel? Oh, yeah. yeah. Going to Florida next month. Are you? For sure. It's going to happen. Okay. It's absolutely going to happen. Right. I would say just as serious as power rankings throughout the course of the season, it's NFL draft grades. Oh, what yeah. What draft grades do both of you guys give the Chiefs for what they did over the weekend? So, um, uh, I'm, I will willingly admit that I have no idea. Um, you know, some, <laughs> I think sometimes we assume that we know more than, uh, than we really do. Um, like a lot of grades, I'll give it a C. It seems like an average graph, gra- draft class to me. Uh, there's no, like, star in there that, like, I really love. There's really, like, the thing that I don't love about it is I don't know where my, like, sure thing is here. Because um, it felt like there were a couple of reaches. But, like, I get the reasoning behind it. Like, I get why they drafted Breland Speaks. I thought it may- was maybe a little high. Like, I get why they go after a run defender. Um, man, I'll go with C. Kent, our guy gave it a C minus. He watches a lot of film and he was really, I would say, unenthused about this particular draft class. But for me, it seems like they filled a lot of holes, but it's it was boring. So it was just B for boring. I just thought it was like a very yeah. boring draft class. And like, you know, again, not any splashes without the first round pick, but you feel okay about it, I guess. You know, no one you really like like jumps off the page. You were watching a lot of Armani Watts, you know, uh, yeah. at Texas A and M. Yeah. Know, the, the corner that they drafted. Let me ask you guys this. Um, start with you, Joel. Did you did they get away from the best player available thing that Dorsey said? Because it looks like to me that they went out and they tried to fill needs. Yeah, um, Pete made this made this point during the draft too. I think it was like because uh, Veach mentioned like with the Breland Speaks pick, um, he was like, you know, we didn't think he'd be there at fifty four, so we had to go. Uh, you know, all the way up to like 46 or whatever to get him, which is like tells me like they weren't waiting for need to come down there. Like, uh, yeah. so I, I, I think the like we draft the best player available thing like isn't isn't always real. It's it's always some combination with need. And that's what they did here. Like it, these like the the players that they picked, like fill into like specific roles that the Chiefs have. And Joe, what always cracks me up, I guess, about the conversation about it is 
People then, I think, mock what Todd McShay and Matt Miller have to say. Eh, if they knew a lot, they'd be working for teams. But then the moment, it's like, well, Todd McShay had this guy as a third-round grade. Well, how do you know? Like, I mean, what Todd McShay has player A drafted right. out and what John Dorsey or Brett Veach have it are two different things. So I'm a firm believer of if you think you got a guy at that position, nobody talks about reach two years from now. No one's like, oh, man, they really reach for Marcus Peters. No, because you hit on the Marcus Peters pick. Right. So if you, I mean, if you draft a good player, that's all we'll remember. No one will remember if Breland Speaks turns out to be a good player. I mean, you know what? This team could have got him seven picks later, but they ended up reaching for him. No, just just draft good football players, and 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 it will normally work out for you. Just just get me a dude who rushes a passer and gets sacks. Like the the rest well, of this draft is just like details to me. Veach said this morning that he expects Speaks to play three downs. So you know you expect him to start as a rookie. Right, so yeah. go up and get him if you really think and you know and he, you're afraid he's going to get taken before you go up and get him. And and I don't I don't get the flack either. Like. Do we really know how much real value? Like, what is that value? If he's a if he's a starter, then you made the right move. Pete, you wrote. A, I'm sorry. Excuse go me, ahead, Karen, uh, Pete. You wrote a piece on Arrowhead Pride that's uh, up right now that, that you guys posted today, and the headline says Brett Veach said Chiefs didn't go into the draft thinking all defense. You buying that or not? I think it really truly was a combination. I mean, the, we how much have we said already? The offense is stacked, especially yeah, with the addition right. of Sammy Watkins. What did you really need on offense? I, I think they did get that gigantic guard that's going to be uh, become a guard now, probably for 2019. I think that was going to be, you know, maybe a nice piece if you can convert him. But you really, really needed to improve the defense. You want you need starters and guys who could potentially work into being starters. And I think that's the direction they did. And with defense in mind, they went best player available. And on on offense, I would have wanted like maybe like a higher center or guard type. Yeah. Other than that, like uh, I don't know where else I would have gone. You know, like yeah. on on offense. So uh, I think most fans were going into this looking at like all defense, and he delivered. So I kind of like that. I actually went into this thinking that the Chiefs needed to come away with three things. I looked at like three needs heading into the draft. I wanted a young corner to throw in that mix with Steven Nelson. Right. I feel like they got that. That's someone I'm not anticipating a day one kind of starter, but someone that can be competitive maybe week seven, week eight. We're talking about him being that third nickel corner. I wanted a safety you could develop for a couple years down the line. I feel like they got that in Armani Watts. And I wanted a guy who could potentially get four to six sacks that could be a good pass rusher and at least be in the mix and be on the field. They hit all three of my needs, so I'm pretty happy with what they got. I'm not going to make it seem like I'm a scout that I was really watching Breland uh, speaks. Right. But I can look at. I mean, I can look at what he did in college and see the jump he made from year one to year two. And I also could say, if you can play well in the SEC, it typically translates. I think they drafted a good player uh, second round. And I, I mean, like the only thing I'd argue with you there is is the corner. Um, I mean, I, th I think there was an argument that they could have gone a little bit higher there, but still, they can fall back on. Kendall Fuller, you know, has potential to be very, very good. David Amerson can be a starter. Uh, and then you've got, you know, like, what, a half dozen other guys. You're hoping yeah. one of them, Bunch you know, of comes out and yeah. sticks. I mean, not just all scrubs. Like, Steven Nelson is one of the, the guys in that group, you know? Yeah. So you have, like, some younger guys there. But I think, like, yeah, the only thing there I would have said, like, maybe you go a little higher with your corner. And they found a way last year to make at least Terrence Mitchell work. So right. I, I feel like you're going to have enough guys there to, especially if you really believe in this offense, win football games because – you're scoring 28 points, just got to hold them to 27. And you know what I mean? You'll have a uh, contract year D Ford. That's going to make the corners all look a little bit better. I think he could have be a decent better, year. It better. Contract year, man. Oh never never fails. Yeah. <laughs> Undefeated. Yeah, exactly. uh, right now, we are talking to Joel Thorman of Arrowhead Pride, also Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Between now and about 445, we'll get to the hits at the bottom of the hour because we are off actually at 5 o'clock today as the Royals are on the East Coast. 
I kind of think that the Chiefs sent a pretty clear message here that they're really happy with their offense. I, I mean, I, I can't think of a yes. time, and maybe I'm wrong, I can't think of a time that you go and you don't draft one skill position guy. We always hear that belief of and always just, you know, take a flyer on a quarterback. No quarterbacks. Running backs, we know a position you can always find late in the draft. They didn't pick up a sixth or seventh round running back that can maybe turn into a, a backup kind of guy. Didn't do that. No wide routine or no wide receivers. No guy you can turn into a special teams help and wide receiver. No tight end. They didn't draft one skill position guy. It tells me they think their offense, because to go with what Pete says, they got a chance to have a really good offense with the guys they already have this year. I mean, go look at their offense. Like, I didn't expect them to go to go get Sammy Watkins. I wouldn't have put receiver in their top, like, three needs. Yeah. Uh, and so they, you know, it's already better, frankly, than I thought it would have been. Um, yeah, and that's like, man, uh, Pete and I talk about this uh, mm-hmm. all the time, it seems like, with Mahomes. Uh, just the, the biggest red flag in like this offense too is like the lack of red flags. Like it all seems like perfect, and it's like going the way that you would want. You know what I mean? It scares you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like I mean, maybe scares me a little bit. I think to that point too. I mean, they took three skill position. You could call it last year with the quarterback Kareem Ben uh, Patrick Mahomes, who you, yeah. you kind of assume at this point is a hit. I mean, we really don't know still. Let's like keep that in mind. Kareem Hunt, you hit with, and then you still don't really know about Ju Chesson. I mean, I think that's an interesting player. We don't know what he is at all, and that's going to be someone to watch in training camp because he really didn't get too much in the mix last year, but now Conley's coming back from that injury. I think it opens a door for Chesson to maybe have a bigger role. Demarcus Robinson, too, is another guy. I'm really curious to see. If if your name isn't Tyreek or Sammy or Travis, I'm not sure we're going to care too much about you on offense (laughs) this year. You know what I mean? Like, like I think it's true that they can develop into players, but like if the Chiefs are going to have a good year, it's because like Sammy Watkins is going for 1,210, you know? Pete, I want to ask you this about um, Josh Jackson. That's probably the one guy in the draft I was like, eh, I wish they would have got him. I was a little bit surprised, given the fact that you did lose an all-pro, Pro Bowl kind of caliber cornerback in Marcus Peters. I mean, they didn't really seem to think cornerback was much of a problem in the draft. I know they got somebody, but they waited till the sixth round to pick up a corner. Like, like they don't see corner as a big issue because they got Terrence Mitchell, Steven Nelson, all the other guys that we named. I'm starting to think that they're a lot higher on Amerson than we first imagined. I think they went out and got him and thinks, you know, he can really play some valuable snaps. I mean... You look at Josh Jackson, and then you look at David Amerson. Like, wouldn't you want rather have Jackson? But the Chiefs said, you know what? We're okay with the cornerbacks we have at this point. You know, Amerson has been up and down. So I guess the Chiefs think that they can coach him up, and like, you know, maybe he'll be a lot better of a player than he's been consistent wise in the past. Like, I I don't think with the with the corners too. Like, I don't think the Chiefs think their their pass rush is going to be as as bad as it was last year. Like, I think I, I mean, they it's going to be tough be better. to be. There. I mean, I mean, which we were, that was a huge part. Yeah, of Yeah, we were talking about this earlier in the show. And, you know, you know. 25th in rush defense last year, 26th in rush defense the year before, 24th in sacks last year, 28th in sacks the year before. I mean, those are the two things. So you got to pick. You got what six picks? So you've got to sort of pick and choose what you're going to do. All right. Do we think we can get by with the corners we have? Do we think we can do that? Because I sure as hell know that we can't get to the quarterback and we can't stop the run. That we know, and I feel like that's why they focused on that. Yeah, I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. Um, I guess if I was going to uh, choose something to be bad at uh, in 2018, it'd be stopping the run. Uh, I'd rather get that that you know rushing the passer thing fixed like sooner rather than later. Joel, I'm thinking about polarizing players. It seems like David Amerson is going to be one of the most polarizing players in 2018. I, I it seems like because someone on the text line put Amerson's not a quality starter. The Analytic people that cover the NFL don't seem to be really high on Amerson. The Chiefs appear to be really high on David Amerson. 
He just feels like that Kendrick Lewis, Eric Warfield, any problem with the defense is probably going to be blamed on David Amerson. I've been saying this all offseason. I mean, you're going to the Marcus Peters stuff has kind of gone away, you know, right now. But once we get back to the fall, whoever's in that left cornerback position, yeah. if they're having two or three bad plays or, you know, maybe a couple games in a row that aren't good, you know what everyone's going to be talking about? Why did we trade Marcus Peters, a, especially if you score a ton of points? Great question to ask. <laughs> I yeah. mean, great question yeah. to ask. I, I guess I, I look at the secondary more than anything is, regardless of how you felt last year about Peters, there's at least one guy on the field you needed to be afraid of. I mean, Kendall Fuller might grade well. I mean, this is a different spot to be a team's number one corner. You don't got Josh Norman on the other side. There's nobody on this Chiefs team I wouldn't go at, whether it's Kendall Fuller, whether it's Emerson, whether it's Steven Nelson. Like, there's no guy I'd be afraid of. That's going to really change how teams attack this defense. Barry, that's about it. <laughs> like, I can't think of anybody else in the front seven at and, this point. And that's the thing about Peters, and this is why it still hurts me to this day. He took away a side of the field. Right. And this is a kid, Fuller. You're just assuming that he's going to be able to maybe, like, fill in that role. It's a big assumption, and you got to hope that it it works for the Chiefs. So here we are four months later, three, or yeah. two months later, and it's still like we're like, why didn't – why did they trade <laughs> Peters? <laughs> like, now that I think about it, like well, – and that's, that's going to pop back up in yeah. September. You're absolutely right. I, I just think that the Chiefs saw him, and we're talking to Pete Sweeney and Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride. I just think the Chiefs viewed him as such a pain in the ass they had to move him. And not to mention that, he's going he's gonna to want money. Right. And a lot of it coming up. And I think – that's why they did it, you know. Um, and if you believe the stuff that was written out there, that that nobody they offered him to everybody, and the and the Rams were the only takers. I mean, that should tell you a lot too. I I hope I hope that that's not what the conversation becomes. That the Chiefs get torched in their secondary a little bit, and then everybody calls for Peter's head because there was a bunch of people that said they wanted him off the team immediately. There's you know? there's also like I I don't know. I feel like we got to remember too that like. The Chiefs know that they were bad against the pass and had some problems last year. Like they're going to go into it with like with a plan to actually fix it. Like they're not just yeah. going to ignore it. Like whether or not that plan actually works, like we'll see. But uh, you know, as long as you like know the problem ahead of time, I feel like you can. There's some things you can do to to make it less of a problem. And being honest, Bob Sutton is still the one that has to execute that plan. Sure. It really comes down to how much confidence you have in him. Right now, we're talking to Joel Thorman and Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. I want to read to you a paragraph of what Mel Kuyper said about the Chiefs draft. And the text line was furious at me last week. I want to ask you guys if it was fair what I said about Patrick Mahomes. I'll tell you next on The Drive. Back in on the drive, talking to Joel Thorman and Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride for the next 30 minutes. Coming up in about 30 minutes or so after they leave, we'll get to the top stories of the day because we are off at 5 o'clock today as the Royals are on the East Coast. Coming up in 15 minutes, the updated playoff scenarios or likeliness or however you want to put it. I will give you the 12 teams that are most likely to make the playoffs, and we'll talk about how the Chiefs fit in that category We'll get to that coming up in 15 minutes. But I want to read to you guys what Mel Kuyper had to say about the Chiefs draft because I think it's the most accurate paragraph you can have. This draft class will ultimately be about what a guy becomes who has thrown a whopping 35 uh, NFL passes. Then GM John Dorsey traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. Because of that, the Chiefs didn't have a first-round draft pick this year. In short, Mahomes needs to work out. We all agree that's the case. Like, it doesn't matter about Breland Speaks as much. It doesn't matter about the other guys. If Patrick Mahomes is a franchise quarterback and you found him, we will go back three years from now and all give this draft an A-plus because you found your franchise quarterback with the first-round pick that you traded up. I think you're absolutely right. We forget about that. Like, I forgot about that all draft long. We're, you know, like, thinking about why this was, uh, you know, like a boring draft at times. It's like, oh, yeah, 
that guy last year, like, turns out he could be pretty good. And franchise quarterback, that's like a guaranteed, like, nine wins a year. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Mahomes is, like, the most important uh, part of it. He's, like, the star that they were missing. Uh, and he'll be such a big star. We can divide it over two classes. Yeah, he's part of last year, and he's part of this year. I, I think you have to factor him in. And the thing is, like like we all know, he has to be as good as everyone is just assuming he's going to be. Because if he isn't, I don't know what this team's going to look like. Andy will be retired and be out of here by then, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, I mean, we we've been talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. Someone's going to have to answer if Patrick Mahomes isn't good, and it's not going to be John Dorsey. He's gone. If Patrick Mahomes isn't what he's supposed to be and he's not good, Andy Reid is getting fired. There's like there's no other way to soften it. Mm. Andy Reid is not getting another chance to draft a quarterback for, if Patrick Mahomes is a bust. For Mahomes to be so bad that he wouldn't make like a second contract with the Chiefs, it has to be like, bad. like yeah. I can't, I just, I cannot. I mean, this is what we're talking about. Like, I, I like can't even fathom that. You know, based on the team that they have now, everything we've seen from him, Andy Reid, yada yada yada. Let me ask you this: What if he's Jameis Winston? Who I would say Jameis Winston is right on the cusp. I've seen some reasons why you should pay Jameis Winston. I've seen, I would say, more reasons on not to pay Jameis Winston. Right now, if we're going to go with contracts, only get bigger. I mean, I'm not paying Jameis Winston $50 million guaranteed $100 million. I'm just finding another quarterback. I'm going to guess Tampa Bay is going to pay him because that's what you're supposed to do. What if he's just Jameis Winston? If you're The only way they move on from Jameis is if you have the most like secure GM in history who isn't yeah. afraid of you know losing his job at any time soon. So I don't think that's going to happen just because if you have a somewhat competent quarterback – uh, you know, it's another few years in the league for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, it, it's just like, you know, we, we go back to it, but like, I just can't, I can't imagine the, like, what happens where Mahomes is like so bad that you're like, oh, this is just a bad pick. Like, it, I cannot see that happening. Like, I cannot envision like the scenario. When you draft a quarterback too, and you got to think about Andy Reid as kind of this quarterback whisperer, as he's known around the league, you sort of buy yourself another two or three years because maybe his year isn't great next year, but you got to say, okay, we'll keep Reid in place, so maybe he'll be good in 2019. So you're buying yourself a couple of years. It is a valid question. Like, how many years in a row can the Chiefs have a first round exit before you're like, you know what? Is it time to maybe move on from this? I think Reid's here the next three years because of the quarterback, but after that, if they still haven't gotten to the AFC title, game within three years and and your your that's your window the next three years before yeah. Mahomes gets paid you yeah. know uh so that's I mean this this is the time to do it now we're talking to Pete Sweeney and Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride um I, I go back to this and I've told C-Dot this story before remember when Ter- Terrell Pryor was at, at Ohio State yeah phenomenal athlete quarterback the big thing coming out of high school and one of my buddies who was a hardcore Ohio State fan said I can't imagine him not winning two Heismans well you look back he won none yeah, <laughs> and that's what scares me a little bit about the Mahomes thing. You look at him, you're like, man, this sets up perfect. He's got the tools. He's got everything. He got a year to sit behind Alex Smith. It, it's it, it almost feel and you mentioned it earlier, Joel. It almost feels too good right now, right? I mean, am, am I crazy to be thinking like that? This thing? No, I think like you're for your like uh, you're like comparison. Like you're not asking him to win two Heisman's to do something like yeah. nobody's done. I I just think with everything around him, like man, his like floor is like the tenth best quarterback, which is going to be good for a long time in the league. That's which like, is Alex's ceiling essentially. Yeah, m- yeah. on most years. Yeah, and that I mean that, that like. One reason this year will be a lot of fun. You mentioned Alex is just like the like physical difference between them. Like yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see like how 
how Andy like views Mahomes, you know what I mean? Like the types of plays he gives him versus maybe he didn't last year. Yeah, and this leads to, I guess, the question I was going to ask you guys about how I was getting killed from the text line last week of, I was just asking a simple question. Because Spectre came in and he was saying that the Chiefs are about to be on that short list for like the next dynasty in the NFL, that the Patriots are starting to end and the Chiefs are going to be on the list. And I'm sitting there thinking, can we start winning playoff games first? Yeah. Like we got we to gotta move to that level that I do think with Mahomes. I think if you guys did this on your website or we did a segment of, what quarterback does Patrick Mahomes most remind you of? The most common answer would be a Hall of Famer. You, one of the biggest Chiefs fans I know. Or future Hall of Famer, yeah. too. Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah. and, I, and I hear you say, what's his floor? The 10th best quarterback in the NFL is the floor for your rookie quarterback? How many guys do we feel at the NFL? I mean, Watson, that's not his floor. Jimmy Garoppolo, I wouldn't say that that's his floor. Like, man, we're saying the floor for what he is is Matt Ryan. Man, that's, I would just say that that's just really optimistic about a, a position we all agree is incredibly hard to play at a high level for a substantially long amount of time. You're you're absolutely right. It's crazy. Uh, someone tell me they're not feeling the exact same yeah. way. No, I, I like feel, all across Kansas City, like point yeah. to me the red flags. Where is yeah. this going to go wrong? Like we know there there are a number of different you know a number of uh, different things could come up that you know could like derail his career. But like where are they? I don't I don't see hints of any of them. And in the one game he did have last year, you saw flashes of pure greatness, like falling to the, I know it's one game and I get that, but falling to the right, how can he even see Demarcus Robinson on that one play and just a perfect dime pass directly to him? You know, he threw an interception, talked about it uh, after the game and said, you know what? Uh, I was glad to get it out of the way, then played pretty well. You know, Tyler Bray got us into a situation where they had to have that last second drive, (laughs) went down and got the field goal. I mean, you saw a lot in that one game to like give you an okay feeling, and I think people take take that game. They take what the Chiefs have been putting out, you know, between Beach and Reed and all the scouting reports. You read articles where he's compared to Brett Favre yeah. and his arm arm strength, eighty yards. There's just a lot there that that makes you say, okay, this is the real deal, and there's no questions asked. My thing is, what if the Chiefs start zero and four, and then like all of a sudden you're like, okay, is this guy for real? I think it's just going to be a shock to Kansas City, like worse than we've seen in a long time. And I would say, I mean, to me, the shock's going to be is Kansas City hasn't watched a young quarterback develop in a long time. Like Carson Wentz, take him for example. How's Kansas City going to feel about Patrick Mahomes if he just has Carson Wentz's rookie season? Like Wentz obviously became to be an MVP caliber guy, but I mean, it was the first time of dealing with the first time starter, 18 touchdown passes, 11 interceptions, not a bad rookie season. That I would say the best benefit that Patrick Mahomes has, like most young players, we've never seen him struggle or fail. Now, eventually, sure. that's going to happen. The Chiefs are going to lose a game solely because of Patrick Mahomes. What's the temperature on their quarterback then? Because I don't, I don't know if Kansas City has dealt with that in a long time of our rookie quarterback that we're still optimistic on. Man, he had one touchdown pass and four interceptions and was the only reason we lost this game. Today. Real quick, though, the, the, I think the difference between Wentz and Mahomes is that Mahomes had a year to sit behind Alex Smith. All right, Wentz never had that, right? They threw him right into the fire, and, and he came from North Dakota State, you know, instead of the Big 12. I mean, I think that may be the difference there. On that, so I, I I don't know. I, I it feels too good for me right now, and that freaks me out a little bit. And maybe that's because we haven't seen this in Kansas City. I mean, the last time we drafted a quarterback, I was thirteen, and he was awful. So maybe that's part of it. I, I don't know, but it feels it feels really good right now, based on a little bit that we've seen. And like the last five years, this is a nine to ten win roster. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, if, as long as Mahomes doesn't like crater, like they should be competitive in December. Um, you know, which I think is already yeah. going to be a better year, yeah. you know, than than Wentz's rookie year. But right. we'll see. I'm sorry. Right now we're talking to Joel Thorman of Arrowhead Pride. Also, the other verse you heard is Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Someone on the text line asked a really good question. That is still my biggest concern with Patrick Mahomes. 
Plus, Vegas has the likeliness of teams to make the playoffs. I'll go through them, and I'll ask how close you think the Chiefs are to making the playoffs now that we finish free agency and now that we finish the draft. Talking Chiefs with the guys from Arrowhead Pride. Back in on the drive. We are joined in studio by Joe Thorman of Arrowhead Pride. He said his heart broken, man. I ruined his day, man. No, you did. You are you're out here telling people that. I was just telling about Casey, the W guy, got whacked at it. At it he did. Uh, they one fired away. Royals ain't playing around, bro. Joe Thorman got a tear <laughs> in his eye, man. Royals are not playing around. I thought you were talking about another reporter, not no. the beloved guy that puts the W. Oh, I know, man. Oh, the handlebar mustache guy. You, you got you need an extra job or something? Yeah, yeah no kidding. Be, be all right. They, they got him out of here. I wanted to ask you guys this question about Patrick Mahomes because I think it is a very fair question and I feel like now I have to be the bearer of bad news because everybody's so positive on Mahomes like I gotta be the one person to like try to bring people down I'm gonna go around I haven't I haven't prepped you guys on this who is the best quarterback to play in the Big 12 in the NFL best quarterback to play in the Big 12 in the NFL was it Sam Bradford maybe like of all time or like current of all, of all time. Yeah, I mean, Sam who's Bradford's the, the guy that popped in my head. Who's the best Big 12 quarterback in the NFL? Sam Bradford. That's who popped answer. in my head. Has a Big 12 quarterback won a Super Bowl? I don't think so. Huh? I, I, I is, gotta, that, is that the point you're going with I here? Got, I, got another, I got a stat crazier than that. I just want you to – who's the best Big 12 NFL quarterback? Somebody on the text line will say Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman didn't play in the Big 12. No. Who's the best yeah. quarterback that played in the Big 12 to go on and have success in the NFL? Man. Um I can't say Sam Bradford because that's so sad. But you're, are you going to tell me it's Sam Bradford? It has I, to be I mean, Bradford, right? I mean, I, I mean, I'll tell you. I think it is. At the end, I, I just want everyone. So we, Sam Bradford's the person. I mean, the answer is probably Vince Young. If we're being honest, the answer yeah. is probably got, Vince he, Young. You got a playoff win, right? I don't know. I think I'd still. I think I'd still probably go he, with Sam Bradford. There was a period of time when Vince Young was pretty good. Yeah, he had yeah. that. What was that rookie year? He had mm-hmm. won ten games or something like yeah. that. Okay, your point is made. Got, we're arguing. Hey, he's got hold us on. arguing Vince I've Young got, and Sam Bradford. Right I've, now. Got, <laughs> again, I've got more you, than that. You're gonna say Billy Joe Tolliver? <laughs> you say that no, was a big. You say no. No Big Twelve has ever won a Super Bowl. One step further, nope. no Big 12 quarterback has ever won an NFL playoff game. Not one. Sam Bradford's never won one. Vince Young never won one. There has not been a quarterback that played in the Andy Big 12 Dalton. that has yeah. won a playoff game. I'm not saying Sam Brad- I'm not saying Mahomes is going to be bad or is not going to be good. My question when he very first got drafted was, we haven't seen many guys in this conference be successful we haven't seen many guys who run this style of offense be really successful in the NFL. What makes him different? Now, no one's been able to tell me. Just been arm strength. He looks like Brett Favre. But I do think those are fair questions. Yeah. Do Big 12 quarterbacks translate well to the NFL because of the defenses they go up against? And I think we just saw in the draft, they don't go up against high-level defenses. We saw one Big yeah. 12 player draft in the first round. So you're not going up against good defenses. You put up these big-time numbers. You go to the NFL, and it's a problem. Now... Patrick Mahomes will be a good case study. Baker Mayfield will be a good case study. So, I mean, we got new guys. It's a new wave. I'm not saying what other guys did will, will determine your success. I just I just bring it up of when I hear you, biggest Chiefs fan I know, say the floor for Patrick Mahomes is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I'm just saying let's just slow down a little bit on Mahomes. He's coming at you, bro. No, I think that that's totally fair. That's an insane stat. I cannot believe you haven't yeah, brought that. Can, I mean, can, I'm sure you brought it up before. Darrington but. has finally found the red flag. We've been talking, yes. you know, at Arrowhead Pride for a, a while. I can always find the negative. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, what are the red flags <laughs> of this kid? Because you haven't been able to find it. The air raid was won until Foles went and won a Super Bowl. So air raid quarterbacks can win Super Bowls now. Yeah. 
Text right. line 69306. You are clearly forgetting about Chase Daniel. I'm talking about <laughs> starting in an NFL game. I mean, Chase if, the great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if we're counting that, then yes, Blaine Gabbard has won playoff games. I'm talking about guys that played in the Big 12, started a playoff game, and won one. And when I'm seeing the text line say, RG3, Todd Reesing, Vince Young, you're answering my question. Because <laughs> if I did that for the Pac-12, you got an answer. If I do that for the Big Ten, you got an answer. If I do that for the SEC, you got an answer. I do that for the Big 12. Three people that know football tell me the answer is Sam Bradford. That ain't good. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that, I, that ain't good. I, mean, I, think, I understand what they're saying, and that's another reason why I feel decent about Pat Mahomes is because he's sad. I mean, they're not flashing the sign of a, of a waffle, a beaver, and a sledgehammer and say, run that play. I mean, he had a chance to sit for an entire year behind Alex Smith. So I feel good about it. But I understand what you're saying. Like, Big 12 quarterbacks, I mean, the defense, obviously, in the Big 12 there, is optional. Yeah, there's, there's like, some buyer beware there uh, when it comes to the Big 12 quarterbacks. Uh, but still, man, like, just I'm, I'm it, the, looking at this situation, what's going on here right now, like, I still feel so good about it. Knowing all that history, knowing the mm-hmm. Big 12 stat and all that, they haven't even won a freaking playoff game is insane. Yeah. Uh, I still feel good about it. Like, I still feel good about the entire situation and everything about uh, Mahomes going into, like, 18 and beyond. I thought so, Vince Young won a playoff game. That's Vince Young is Vince Young is 0-1 in the playoffs. Vince Young is did not know no that. Big 12 quarterback yeah. has ever won an NFL playoff game. Someone on the text line says, Drew Brees could basically be considered a Big 12 quarterback. No. <laughs> that's, that's not how this works. We can't just pick good yes. guys. Like, hey, you know, he played four years at Purdue. That's not in the Big 12. So even, like, the ACC has better quarterbacks. Didn't like, like Phillip Rivers is already the best ACC quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you could say, I mean, if you want to say that, I mean, Russell Wilson played three years yeah. at NC State, then went to like, we could find examples from other conferences. I know, that's insane. It's really hard to find that example for the Big 12. I looked up Vegas, so this is their playoff odds as we head now after right. the draft, after free agency. These are the teams they think are most likely to make the playoffs. So the only teams that had a, a minus for making the playoffs, like minus 140, minus 120. So like the only teams more likely to make the playoffs than miss the playoffs. Houston, Green Bay, uh, Houston. Houston, just just division. All right. Houston, Jacksonville, the Chargers, the Rams, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Eagles, and the Steelers are the most likely teams to make the playoffs. The team most comparable to the Chiefs is actually the 49ers. They were the exact same. They were like plus 140 to no, minus something for yes. So if that's the list of making the playoffs, I don't really think it's that crazy this team can make the playoffs. Like If you're telling me in the AFC the team's most likely to make the playoffs are the Texans, Jacksonville, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Steelers. I, I I will certainly take my chances for this team to finish ten and six and be a wild card team. Yeah, no, I I definitely feel good about like a nine win team at this point, um, and probably only going up. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like even like like the Texans and Jags, like. I'm only taking one of those. The Jaguars are not going to be like historically great on defense again, and their quarterback sucks. Like over time, that stuff like you know fills itself out. So. I feel good about them being pretty competitive for the playoffs. That, that whole idea of a soft rebuild went completely out the window the day you signed Sammy Watkins. Once yeah. you sign Sammy yeah. Watkins, you say, okay, this year we expect to compete for a Super Bowl. There's no soft rebuild. I don't think it's a soft rebuild. That's why he loaded up on defense, yeah. he being Brett Veach, because I, I think he saw a team that says, here's the weakness. Let's load up. Let's see if we can get guys who can start tomorrow. And let's go after this thing. I think they're going for a Super Bowl. I don't think this re- I don't think there's a rebuild at all. I, the thing about Veach too that I love, he doesn't seem to overthink stuff. We can't stop anybody when they try to run the football. We can't get to the quarterback. Let's go fix it. Yeah. And let's Seems. go and let's go try to score a ton of points 
with a really good young quarterback that can throw the football 80 yards. I sort of, it doesn't seem like he's trying to overthink this whole process. And like we talked for years when Alex was here, like Carrington would always say this, like, you know, in the NFL today, you have to pass and score lots of points and the Chiefs are trying to do it a different way. You know what I mean? With Alex and slowing it down or whatever, like, now the Chiefs are doing like the formula that is like the mo- the like best hottest formula right now. They're doing that exact thing. No, you're absolutely right. And I guess to go with what you said is, I think the Chiefs are trying to do like a light version of what the Rams are trying to do. The Rams are, I think, more aggressive and it's certainly more volatile than what the Chiefs are doing. But the Rams are clearly have the philosophy of we have a quarterback that we like on a rookie contract. We need to put all the talent as humanly possible on that team to try to see if we can do it. I think that's what the Chiefs are doing. I think they're going to do it more so next offseason than this one. But when you have Sammy Watkins and you bring him in, you sign Anthony Hitchens, I'm with you. You can't say this team is completely trying to rebuild. I think you. I think next year we'll see this team continue to be aggressive, and they'll say, all right, year three for our quarterback. we got to pay him here in the next two years. This is our window for the next two seasons to try to win a Super Bowl. So you can go win one and uh, let Andy ride out in the sunset. That's. I mean, that's what it's got to be before Mahomes' next deal. I wouldn't be surprised. He's already like 60-something. I've always thought that these three years are yeah, Andy's last. Just a let, total, you, total theory. You let Andy go off and you promote Bob Sutton, head coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that sounds like on, an absolute problem awful. solved. That sounds absolutely awful. And you can go and mark me down for this if you want to. Spect either Houston or Jacksonville will have a losing record this year. That's how it always works. Two, hundred yeah, percent. Two, emer- two emerging teams. One of them won't get the same quarterback play. Jacksonville's defense won't be as good. Jacksonville seems like a prime eight and eight drop back to where they typically are yeah I think think Houston's like underachieved they they, they, we always think Houston's gonna be good and then they're not and I know Deshaun Watson got hurt last year but Houston always seems to like oh man they got Jadavion Clanny and then they get hurt and J.J. Watt gets hurt and Deshaun Watt like they just seem like they're always underachieved to me it's fun how many teams around the league now are interconnected with the Chiefs just because of all the things that have happened recently where you have the Watson thing because the Chiefs chose Mahomes over Watson. You're going to be watching Alex Smith on the Redskins. You'll be watching Matt Nagy on the Bears, Peterson with the Eagles. It's like the Chiefs are connected almost to everyone. It's because of the success that they've had the past few years, and and it's made made for a lot of fun storylines no matter what game is coming up, like how many people are looking forward to Chiefs-Rams in Mexico City. I think that's like the number one game. Yeah, that's like like a premier game, and that's not just like KC people talking. That was like when the schedule came out, that was on, you know, the national folks were saying the same thing, that that's like – that's an awesome game. Two young quarterbacks yeah. with just stars all over the field. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that Peters thing, too. Yeah. And Tlaib and, and Sue. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. That is Joel Thorman of Arrowhead Pride. Also, the other voice you heard is Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. It's fun talking football with you guys. Definitely. Let's do it again soon. Let's, let's do that. Let's do it. Coming up, in, uh, coming up on the other side, the final segment of the day, we'll get to the top stories of the day in the hits. It's the drive. After the hits are over, we'll get back to the, I don't know if that's a stat I threw out there earlier, but we were talking to Pete Sweeney and Joel Thorman about quarterbacks. And I said, there has been no quarterback to play in the Big 12 that has won an NFL playoff game. Not one. And who would you consider the best quarterback to be? The text line's been trying to throw names out there, and someone said Cordell Stewart. No, Cordell Stewart, his last season was in 94. The first year of the Big 12 was not until 96. There is not a single quarterback, you yeah. guys can find them, that played in the Big 12 that has won a playoff game. I certainly hope Patrick Mahomes is the first. I hope Baker Mayfield is the first. But people are saying there's no correlation 
mean, the Big 12's been around since 96. Yeah. The best quarterback you had is Sam Bradford in that time frame, and not one has won a playoff game. We do have to ask the question, why? Especially because it's not like the yeah. Big 12 hasn't produced good college quarterbacks. Why have they not translated to the league? We've got to be able to at least well, ask that question. I mean, listen, in, in defense, you know, it's 16 years of the league, all right? You can go back to the, to the Big 8. You can go back to the... You know, and and they and, and quarterbacks have won playoff games, but it's been 16 years. It's a look, long time. I know, man. but you look at the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I mean, you look at conferences like that, and you've got. I mean, that goes back years and years and years. You want to go about the Big Eight, and then you've got. I, I'll look it up. I'm sure somebody in the Big Eight had won a playoff game. The quarterback, Craig. Yeah. So he well, Oklahoma. but I mean, he was also went to yeah you know, went to UCLA too, but um, after he transferred from Oklahoma. But yeah. So, but I get the point. I mean, I think the point is in the Big 12. You know, they're not a whole lot of defense. They play the air raid offense, a lot of spread, a lot of that stuff. I, I, I think the encouraging thing, if if you are worried about that, is that the NFL is going to a lot more of that, too. They're getting away from some of the, you know, line up in the I formation and pound it and a, and a pro-style quarterback. We're seeing a lot of change in the NFL. These are the biggest stories of the day in Kansas City. I have been waiting for that moment all my life. We talk about them every day at 5 o'clock. The hits number one. The 2018 NFL Draft has come and passed. The Chiefs adding six new players to their 2018 roster and beyond. Breland Speaks, defensive end from Ole Miss. Derek Nandi from Florida State in the third round. Dorian O'Daniel also in the third round. An outside linebacker out of Clemson. In the fourth round, safety Armani Watts from Texas A&M. In the sixth round, Tremont Smith, a cornerback from Central Arkansas. And also in the sixth round, Khalil McKenzie, a defensive tackle from Tennessee, who is going to be moved to offensive guard once he arrives in Kansas City. I look at this team, and I I liked what they did in the draft for the very simple reason of, I thought they came in with three needs. Young corner to throw in the mix with Steven Nelson, a safety they could develop for a couple years down the line, and a guy they felt could get four to six sacks this season. I felt like they did that, and I think it's clear what the Chiefs prioritize in this draft. You needed to get younger and faster on defense. You needed guys that were versatile. A lot of the guys they drafted can play multiple positions and help you on various spots on the field. And it's clear with the Derek 90 pick, we got to stop the run. We got to be faster. We got to be more physical. And we got to be more tough. I feel like the Chiefs addressed a lot of their needs this year in the draft. I was curious to see what Brett Veach was going to do in the draft. And I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm satisfied with what he did. I'm happy with it. All right. He's taken a very common sense approach to the draft. And he went after what he needed, not just best player available. Chiefs were 25th in rush defense last year, 26th in deep on rush defense the year before that. 24th in sacks last year, 28th in sacks the year before. They give up 202 yards at home and blew a 21-3 lead in the playoffs. You can't do that. Brett Feach knows that. So they're going to try to stop the run. They're going to try to get to the quarterback. I don't know if these guys are going to work out yet, but at least I love the approach and the idea that Brett Feach is just using common sense. Here are our problems. Let's try to fix them. I think it's a step in the right direction. Number two. The Royals have parted ways. No, not with a player. KC, the W guy. He took to Facebook at 10.54 a.m. With a picture of the Royals celebrating in the locker room. I'm going to assume it was either 2014 or 2015 with Mike Moustakas kind of in the foreground as well. Along with KC, the W guy holding up that big W. Here's what the caption reads. Moose seems like the kind of guy that would break up with his longtime girlfriend to go find a better prom date. When none of the better-looking girls would go out with him, he went back to his original loyal girl. Even though he is back, I can still see him checking out the room for a prettier girl. 
All that said, the Royals are still a better team with Moose on the roster. End quote from KC the W guy. I just can't believe that's what's getting you fired in 2018. It's not like he went on there and was over political. Can I can understand the Royals can saying that? It's not like he gave us his stance on abortion. He gave his opinion on Mike Moustakis and then deleted it once it was brought to their attention. I just wish the Royals could be more honest about why they fired KC the W guy. Just say wins is going to be tough to come by this season, and we don't want to pay you every single game to be out there to not hold up the W anymore. I felt like he was a good ambassador. I talked to him at FanFest. He's always right there at the Royals Hall of Fame. Few people know the history of the Royals as well as Casey the W guy. How much do we think he's making? 50 bucks a game? No idea. 60 bucks a game? 75 bucks a game? They like he's making $100,000 a year. You're telling me you couldn't keep Casey the W guy on the roster? I feel like they did my dog all kind of wrong. One thing I do know about pro sports teams, they don't like drama. They don't like distractions. And when they got a fringe employee being critical of a, of a team member, that ain't going to fly. They got enough issues they got to deal with on a daily basis. A lot of them are player-related. The majority of them we never even hear about. So the last thing they want to deal with is some guy with a handlebar mustache that's all greased up that's supposed to carry a W, and he's going on there criticizing the team. That just does not fly. The other part of this, too, is I got breaking news for you millennials out there. Businesses are not democracies. They are dictatorships. I mean, to be fair, Casey the W guy is like 60 years old. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if that's No, the- I'm just saying for the people that are defending, he should be able to say whatever he wants. Listen, man, you can say whatever you want whenever you want, but there are consequences. I don't think he should be able to say whatever he wants. I just don't think this comment merits well, maybe him being fired. And I, and I kind of feel like we've turned distraction into a buzzword. Who is this Facebook quote no, distracting from They don't want to spend an hour of their day dealing with this when they're trying to figure out what's going on with a 5-20 and 20 baseball team? I mean, Moose I mean, the Moose signing happened months ago. We never talked about this. Yeah, no, I understand no, it. But no, one, no one knew this existed until they, until they fired the guy. Then Dude. they magically brought it up, and it was like, oh, the Casey the W yeah. guy. Leave Casey the W guy alone. Now we're out here taking money out of people's pockets for accurate sports opinions. I'm just telling you, he wants to throw hot baseball takes on social media when he's not as... What's his name, Spec? David Webster? I have absolutely yeah. no idea. It's, it's not, I don't it's not care his, to know what his it's not his own. Is. It's not his personal account. He's under Casey the W guy in his KC, you know, like uniform this, that he this wears. This is what I don't get. People on text line, amen, freedom of speech. Let you say whatever you want. You pay the consequences. The guy give a baseball opinion. Again, I, I would be on the royal side if he was telling us his stance on gun control and abortion. That's not what happened here with Casey the W guy. He gave you his opinion about the royals. They asked him to delete it. He deleted it. That should be a no harm, no foul. You got to know better. The w. You got to know better. Especially when we all we all agree with the opinion he gave. You got to know better, man. If you're working for the team and you're paid by the team, you better not be critical of them. That's just the way it is. Number three. Coming up in about an hour and Five minutes, Josh Romeo Verner. Lankford. Josh Verner will be in five minutes. Oh, that's right. My bad. Romeo Lankford, a little more athletically gifted than one Josh Verner, is going to be making his college decision. The number five recruit in ESPN's top 100 is going to be choosing between Indiana, KU, and Vanderbilt. KU already has three of the top 25 in the ESPN 100. Quentin Grimes. Devon Dotson and David McCormick all round out that top 25. But Romeo Lankford, one of the top shooting guards in the country, set to decide in an hour and five minutes from right now back in Indiana. According to Rivals, Romeo Lankford is the sixth player in the country. He's the second best player at his position. I mean, the question really should be is where does, where does Adidas want him to go? Do they want him to go to Kansas or they want him to go to Indiana? All right, I kid, I kid. I don't really know if there's, like, available minutes from the beginning with Romeo Lankford. Like, Obviously, you'd be nice to have him. Nobody's turning a top 10 recruit down, but 
I feel like they're pretty soft. I feel like they're pretty sad at the shooting guard position. I think he's going to Indiana. The kid is from Indiana. I'd be heated if I'm an Indiana fan and you missed out on this talent. Yeah, as much as I love to see him at Kansas or at KU, I don't think it's going to happen. Jeff Goodman from ESPN. It's Romeo Lankford Day in Indiana. I didn't see anybody saying it was Romeo Lankford Day in Kansas. He's going to make his decision, and more than likely, he's going to be a Hoosier. Check out the podcast page, 610sports.com, also available on iTunes. Back again tomorrow. Vern, really quickly, we played three strikes earlier today. I feel for you. I feel for you, my guy. Oh, my. We asked this guy named three players that weren't on the team or that were on the team last year that wasn't on the team this year. He missed it. <laughs> Listen to Vern coming up next is the drive. Back again tomorrow. We out of here. Hopefully Matt Miller comes on. He pump faked us today. Summer is here. The sun is out, and so are you. When you go, take along a clever little app called Audible so you can listen to the stories you love while doing the things you love outside. A walk, a run, the pool, or the beach. All better with Audible. For just $14.95 a month, you get a credit good for any audiobook from the world's largest selection. If you don't like it, exchange it anytime. So get outdoors with Audible. Start a 30-day trial, and your first audiobook is free at audible.com. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot, because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.